Good afternoon, my renegades. Welcome back to Rogue Radio. My name is Sarah Jane, and today is another Rogue News segment, or Rogue Times, for the 100th episode. You know, because we're going to change the name (laughs) the minute we reach 100 episodes and go on to Season 3. So, just an update. So, just jump in the trenches with me. Let's have some fun. If you have any comments, questions, or concerns, feel free to contact me on the links down in the description below. And, yeah, say hi, because I'm bored. Now, instead of actually going into politics, lately I've been skipping out on the world news, so we're going to do that first. It's Singapore, South Korea, and um, I can't remember the other one. But let's go. Malaysia will be first. That was the one that I forgot. Sorry. Okay, here we go. Hindu mom meets her three children at Peril Social Welfare Department's child care facility. Single mother uh, Lo Siu Hong met her three children at a welfare institution under the Peril's Social Welfare Department this afternoon. Um, let's see, single mother. Met with three of her children, institution peril. Um, today, according to the woman, finally, the community development ministry, in a statement, said the meeting took place this afternoon, according to KPWKM. Um, the children were placed in a welfare institution of JKM at Lowe's request after obtaining a court order in the uh, interests and welfare of the children. In uh, managing family visits, welfare institutions must comply with the child uh, place of safety regulations in uh, 2017 because welfare institutions have been gazetted as a safe place under the Act, the Child Act of 2001, where all visitations must be made with the written permission of the social welfare officer. The complaint, Lowe, was given permission to visit her children um, today, and she abided by all the regulations and the standard operating uh, procedure on COVID-19 prevention. Um, The statement said, also denied an allegation that the children had been transferred to another institution under JKM. Um... That w- I hate that they're really short articles. I don't know why. There is another article um, about this woman, so we're gonna see if we can find some more information on this, because this uh, article comes from Malay Mail, so it's I'm guessing it's a Malaysian website translated in English. 
um, welfare department disobeying custody order, giving Hindu mother full rights to her kids, uh, says lawyer. Let's see. Georgetown, February 16th, single mother Lo Su Hong um, was legally entitled to take her children from um, the welfare department's care using the court order granting her the sole guardianship and full custody care and the control of them, said the lawyer uh, Raja Shri Supya. Supa? I'm sorry. Uh, Raja Shri, um, who had represented Lowe back in 2019 uh, when she filed her court order, said the mother was legally entitled to seek the assistance of the police to reclaim custody of her children. Nobody... Um, okay, give me a second. Nobody can prevent her from taking back her children under her custody, uh, care, and control as stipulated in the court order and... If any party prevents her from doing so, they are disobeying the court order, she said when contacted by Malay Mail today. Um, Lowe could also seek assistance from a court bailiff to enforce the court order and return the children under her custody, care, and control. Rajashri said Lowe was finally granted the first in- interim um, order in December 2019 which granted her full guardianship and sole custody, um, care and control of the three children who were now aged 10 to 14. Um, this means that she had full custody, care and control of the children since, since she, I'm sorry, since then, and no one else has any rights to the children except her, she said. Um, in the interim order, an injunction was also issued against Lowe's ex-husband, Naga Shwarin, uh, stopping him, his fam, uh, his family members, his associates, and his, uh, and his agents from attacking, disturbing, meddling, contacting, or going near both Lo and her three children. So I'm guessing she put her kids into the welfare um, department in order to keep her children safe. Um, I'm not too sure. I kind of want to know what happened beforehand. But However, uh, she said the ex-husband refused to comply with the interim order, which led to to let her to file contempt proceedings. After she um, secured a second order from him to produce um, the children at the Allure Stagar High Court in 2020, she disappeared with the children and did not comply with the order, and this persisted in, until the final divorce order and full guardianship and sole custody, care, and control. Um, this freaking control order was issued in 2021. Okay. This website likes to just mess around with my scrolling. I hate it. Um, she said Lowe has kept fighting to get her children back with her uh, since 2019. When she contacted me about finding out Uh, that her children were uh, being kept in a home in perils. I 
uh, told her that she has the court order which uh, she can enforce together with the police to get her children, she said. She said it was uh, unfortunate that the children were reluctant to follow their mother when they met on February 14th at the police station, even after three years of separation. She shared with me that they were brainwashed against her and were reluctant to go with her, so she had to place them with the welfare department temporarily. Were they brainwashed or were they... Or did they really not want to go? I have no reason to judge this woman. I really don't. But women can be just as evil as men. So whatever the husband did, I don't know what he did. Um, for the children to actually not want to go with their mother, that's a red flag to me. But it's whatever. Um, she shared with me that they were brainwashed against her and reluctant to go with her, so she had to place them with the welfare department temporarily. Rajashree said that the fact that Lowe let the children stay temporarily in the care of the Perils Welfare Department did not mean she gave up on her full guardianship custody, uh, care and control over them at any time. Placing them in a home under the welfare, uh department can only be considered temporary accommodations for the children so the mother still uh, has every right to take them based on their court order she said Uh, when asked about the technicality of the whole issue senior family and law um, practitioner honey tan said the welfare department could only bar low from visiting her children in limited circumstances under the child act Uh, such as pending investigations on suspected child abuse and neglect. I see. So, who is more suspected of that, though? Was the mother accused of abuse, or was the husband? Like, the ex-husband. Let's see. Otherwise, they will need to obtain a court order, she said. She added that if the mother is still uh, refused access to the children by the welfare department, the mother could seek legal uh, recourse by filing an an application to the Kuala Lumpur High Court under the Certificate of Urgency. She said the application of the Certificate of Urgency is to seek an early hearing date and to compel the authorities to have to give the children access to the mother pending to habeas corpus um, application hearing uh, on February 21st. Let's see, when is that? Oh, it's not. It hasn't happened yet, so this is newly updated. Um, it is the children... Uh, who have the right to have access to their mother. It is in their welfare and best interests that they have contact with their mother since they have been separated from her more than two years, she said. Okay, so we're going to find out what actually happened with, um, what's her name? Uh, Lo Su Hong. Um, cause I really want to know the full story cause I feel like I've just kind of jumped in the middle of it. 
and I'll be right back. So from what I can make out, the reason why she surrendered her kids to the department was because her um, ex-husband was abusive to her and the last time she saw her kids was when she was in the hospital and he took the kids away and hit them. So um, at some point, I feel like she did find the kids and she surrendered them for some reason probably in order to um, get the divorce hearing together first and um, by the time she went to go get them um, she wasn't allowed to see her kids um, because I feel like there was a misunderstanding about the you know within the department they thought that maybe she was abusive um, there's still no reason why they kept the mother from her children but she has her children now, so I'm very, very happy about that. Alright, next up is uh, South Korea. So here we go. There it is. Song Jia. Uh, how a fake South Korean beauty influencer's life fell apart after popular Netflix debut. Song Jia, um, that's how we're gonna say her name, battles accusations of appearing more luxurious than she is by irate youngsters grappling a widening class divide in South Korea. Um, Song Jia, um, beauty influencer and fashion, fashion's it girl from South Korea, had basked in the limelight with a promising debut on the popular Netflix dating show Singles Inferno. The 25-year-old captivated young Koreans with her screen presence and quickly became a breakout star, um, not just on the reality show, but also on social media. Miss Song became... Uh, a popular influencer after the Netflix debut had bumped up her Instagram and YouTube followers um, to 3.7 million and 1.9 million, respectively. Um, known as a Frizia on social media, Miss Song uh, became famous uh, for her high street fashion and lifestyle content. Her cushiony stardom, however, lasted for only a short while. The country's irate social media uh, users soon canceled her after accusations emerged that she wore fake designer clothes, including one instance where she apparently donned a counterfeit Chanel sweater and or that had a slightly wrong shade. The accusations that seem to be minor nitpicks on the surface have irked South Korea's young population who are struggling with rising class inequality. Social media users turn to Miss Song for acting more, or tore into Miss Song for acting more luxurious than uh, she was, and the backlash against her intensified last month. 
She deleted all her posts from Instagram and left a handwritten apology note on the uh, Korean in the Korean language and addressed the allegations. First, I would like to sincerely apologize to everyone who was disappointed and hurt because of me. There is currently a controversy about some of the clothes I wore on my social media and Singles Inferno. The criticism that was pointed out it was partly true, her note read. I want to apologize once again for everything that has happened due to infringing a designer's creations and ignoring copyright. As someone who has deemed uh, or dreamed of uh, launching a brand, I will recognize the severity of the issue and reflect upon this. Uh, she later shared a video apology on YouTube where she admitted that everything was her fault and uh, requested the public to stop criticizing her family as they dug deeper into her life. Uh, Netizens um, had questioned uh, whether she owned the luxury apartment and she, uh, that she lived in and accused her of pandering to the Chinese market, according to the BBC report. Um, in a video clip, she allegedly said uh, she was learning Mandarin and referred to the Korean national dish kimchi as pao kai, uh, a Chinese term for pickled vegetables. Uh, people feel they have been cheated. Michelle Ko, a women's studies associate professor at the National University of Singapore, told the broadcaster. Um, the influencer was edited out of an episode of the South Korean TV channel MCBTV's uh, Variety, The Manager, where um, she was supposed to appear with actress Kang uh, Yi-won. After mutual discussions with the guest, we have decided not to air song um, songs footage. Um, a statement by the makers of the manager read, according to Korean pop culture news portal uh, Soompi. Um, While Miss Song faces public resentment, uh, Singles Inferno has gone on to become one of the most popular dating shows in the country. Um, so, I understand the whole fake branding stuff. Um, but I don't understand why she's getting backlash because of it. I mean, yeah, it is bad for, you know, copyright reasons. Like, you you can't just say that you own a Chanel bag when you actually don't. It's fake. But the thing is, is that she was doing anything that she could in order to support herself. I don't know. It's not like I defend her. I just feel like this is very petty. Um... I mean, if this is South Korea's culture, I'm sorry. Um, I just, I don't, I can't get with that. Uh, I know South Korea has pumped out a lot of good influencers and singers and um, K-pop idols and all that awesome stuff. They're very, very famous. But the thing is, is that, uh, I don't know. I feel like 
in show business, people have to fake things in order to get where they need to be. You know, it's not always going to be real and glitzy and glamour. It's not going to be real diamonds at the end of the day. It's going to be dollar store shiny stuff sometimes. And it shouldn't be nitpicked, you know? it. I mean, love her for who she is. I don't understand why we're talking about her clothing and talking about how... Um, how she's lied about how rich she is. There's a lot of YouTubers out there that, you know, lie about being rich, but they still have enough money to buy themselves a meal. And I don't know. I feel like in this day and age, uh, jobs are very scarce. And if she is able to be an influencer and get money off of that, I don't have any problem with that. And I understand that there's, you know, a class system, I guess, in South Korea. Forgive me for being inexperienced in, in, in the South Korean culture, but I just, from this article alone, I just feel like it's petty to me um, to nitpick someone's clothing and be like, oh, that's the wrong shade of the Chanel sweater. I'm like, you really gotta be that way, though? Do people have to be that way? Just in general. It doesn't have to be about South Korea. Just people in general nowadays. There's people in California that nitpick people for not wearing the same shade of lipstick as everybody else. Like, there are bigger problems in the world than her wearing a fake Chanel sweater. I'm sorry. It's true people in general, not just South Korea, okay? Get over it, okay? She is actually trying to just feed herself at the end of the day. And if she wants to wear fake stuff, which I have before, I'm pretty sure I have. Who cares? There is clothing. At least she has clothes on her back and food in her stomach. Next up is Singapore. Oh, hang on. I'm still eating. What the heck? Yo, this is what I do in between stories. <laughs> I eat. Hey, listeners. I don't know in it, like in different like foreign countries if you guys have a Blaze's Pizza, but if you do, get it. Because Blaze's Pizza is amazing and you need to have it. Plus, it's probably a little healthier, because you can pick your own toppings. I probably sound really gross with, like, freaking food in my mouth. Let me stop. Okay, I'm done eating, as you can tell. Um, let me see here. Spike in scams drives up Singapore's overall crime levels in 2021. Oh, and there's just a... Um... It's a video, let's play it. Let me turn off the Bluetooth real quick. Okay. Of course there would be... Uh, an ad. Skip ad. 
increase in scams last year, with the number of cases up by nearly 53%. That's according to the latest crime figures from the Singapore Police Force. Scams drove up the overall annual crime rate, even as physical crimes decreased. Leong Jiaoyu reports. 2021 saw phishing scams make headlines for cheating banking customers out of millions of dollars. In fact, banking-related phishing scams were among the most prevalent types of scams reported last year, according to the Singapore Police Force. There were more than 2,200 such cases, with at least $19.4 million lost, three times the amount from the year before. But this didn't come anywhere close to job scams, which topped the list and cost victims a whopping $91 million. From no ranking um, in 2020, it has increased all the way to number one position. What makes it more believable is that every time when somebody um, um, get uh, involved in this job, uh, they will disperse money or commission to the victim very, very quickly. So it makes it uh, very, very believable. The number of non-banking-related phishing and e-commerce scams remained high, but the most money was lost to investment scams. Overall, scams made up more than half of total crime, involving over $630 million. But who's behind these scams? Many scams involve scammers who operate from outside of Singapore using the internet to dupe their victims for, from afar. They use local money mules or take advantage of victims' internet banking facilities to move the criminal proceeds out of Singapore, making recovery very difficult. But authorities have been making some headway. Last year, police say they used technology to detect potential victims and alerted them before they fell prey. This resulted in over 6,900 successful interventions. The police also froze thousands of bank accounts and successfully recovered more than $102 million. The police believe their cameras, known as pole cams, installed in public places, have helped deter such crimes. Moving forwards, authorities hope to strengthen tools that can help the public help themselves. These include rolling out the existing Scam Shield app to Android users later this year. It identifies and filters scam messages and blocks calls from suspicious numbers. Authorities are also introducing a new rating system for e-commerce sites to show the extent of protection offered by these platforms. There was one bright spot. Overall physical crime edged down by 1%, with theft and housebreaking cases at a 37-year low. All right. Singapore saw staggering increase in scams. There we go. There's the news from Singapore. I think it's time for a break. Grab a snack. Grab a drink. Do what you do. Go pee. <laughs> Whatever you want to do. Because here comes the advertisement.
Listen, politics is going to be last because I hate politics. Anyway, let's uh, jump into some news that I want to read about. Yeah. First off, um, the art of, uh, I used to call it Heige, but it's actually Hygge, uh, in Danish, so apologies to my Danish listeners. I'm sure you all have had a good laugh at me mispronouncing, uh, Danish. So, <laughs> um, I actually got the Little Book of Hygge, Danish Secrets to Happy Living, uh, this week. And I've been reading it, and it's pretty interesting. So, um, if you guys want to, or if any of my listeners actually want to uh, look into the book of Huga, um, you can get this book, The Little Book of Huga, The Danish Secrets to Happy Living by Mike Wicking, on um, Amazon. And it's uh, it's cheaper to buy the hardcover book. I'm not sure why, but it's... It's small, it's handheld, it's very nice, to be honest, it's a nice little booklet, so, uh, if you want some secrets, you know, with the happy living, uh, buy the little book of hookah, because it's really cute and I like it, so, yeah. Is this on? Okay. Anchor's having an attitude with me, but, um, I found an article that I think you guys might find amusing. This is from Bored Panda once again. Um, the app I use in order to, you know, do my segment of, like, you know, reading the news that I want to talk about is, uh, the app called Mix, and it's just a mixture of different articles and different pictures and videos, kind of, you know, aesthetically pleasing, you know? And you can search for your own little um, hashtags in order for your mix to be more catered to you. So, um, 30 people reveal the dark secrets about their jobs that common people aren't supposed to know. Nearly uh, every person is hiding some spooky skeletons in its closet. Um, I'm sorry, every profession. (laughs) Um, that's what Circle Box 2 proved to us when they asked their fellow Redditors to share the dark secrets and questionable practices that regular people would be shocked to learn. Well, it worked. We're shocked. A bit angry, a tad grossed out, and in need of a long, hot shower. We don't look at any of these professions the same way again. We won't. We won't. Well, never ever drink straight from the cans or bottles, and we won't trust certain businesses, not to mention pizza places. Oh no, not the pizza places. Uh, the same way we did before ever again. Scroll down to, uh, scroll down, upvote the secrets that you were most surprised by, and spill the beans about the secrets at your own profession in the comments below. Board Panda also spoke to Redditor Circlebox too uh, about their viral thread uh, to have a read-through uh, what they said below. 
just keep in mind some of these hidden things are eye-opening and in a Lovecraftian sort of way. Uh, sometimes. Sometimes it's best not to know about what's hiding in the dark corners of the earth. Number one. This may come to a surprise, but our vet tech is not only in it for the money, primarily because we are paid very little. Please stop yelling at me. Yeah. Yeah. Vet techs have it hard. I I have a family member who's a vet tech, and I used to work with her. And, uh, it's a hard job. Um, I wasn't the vet tech. I was somebody lower than her, I think. But we worked together. Um, church worker here. This may be specific to the church I work for, but I think it's pretty common for bigger 1,000-plus members churches they're two-faced. Oh, that's a big surprise. <laughs> um, it isn't, actually. Um, they'll tell the janitorial crew, janitorial service is truly a ministry, and it's so good and so important. But guess what? When the church needs to make cutbacks, we're uh, some of the first ones screwed over. We're the ones expected to clean until 2 to 3 a.m., um, on a Sunday morning after people have used the building until midnight. As a woman, I've straight up been harassed by the guy uh, pretty high up in the church hierarchy and nobody really has my back. There are so many fake, judgmental, hateful people who hide behind the guise of Christianity. People who lock people out of the building and laugh at them. Uh, they tell the people who aren't dressed presentable enough to sit in the back, and if that person isn't run off by their frozen, hateful stares, uh, this is so anti uh, what a church and Christianity should be. I wholeheartedly agree. Um, this describes a lot um, of my previous church. <laughs> uh, I don't want to talk too much about it because... I still love some people that still go there, but um, it's not a reflection. I guess it is with the reflection of the people, not necessarily the church. The church is a building, but um, in this context, because I do say that a group of people is a church, which is true. But in this context, the church, like, I, I don't want to say too much about the people, but the people in a church, especially if it's a big, famous church, they are two-faced. They run it more like a business than a ministry, and it's terrible. It's terrible. I, I agree to that one. Number three. Sometimes librarians read the new books before registering them in the catalog for the public. Evil laughter. Actually, I kind of like that. <laughs> I don't, I'm not mad at that. <laughs> um, yeah, well, it seems a lot of people wanted to... Uh, crack Pandora's box open just a bit or have a sneak peek inside. Circle Box 2's question got over 18.5 thousand uh, answers and comments while 39.9 Redditors upvoted the post. Having just graduated from school and on the hunt on for my first job, I have been networking with professionals from diverse industries a lot. Um, a recurring theme 
uh, in a lot of my conversations with them uh, was how their industries have dark secrets and um, that are endemic and structural. Structural? Uh, the Redditor told us about uh, what inspired them to create the thread in the first place. An example that comes to mind is how bankers created financial products which they knew were ethically questionable, such as uh, subprime mortgages. Um, this got me thinking, uh, what dark secrets do other professionals have, uh, which in the industry as a whole tolerate, tolerates um, or turns a blind eye towards? Number four. Uh, I have worked in vet med. In let me read that again. I have worked in vet med since 2013. I have this habit, especially when owners don't want to be present for their pets' euthanasia, in which their pets, in which I give their pets chocolate pieces uh, of my meal, meat, bread, cheese, even onions, garlic, or the best wet food from the pantry prior uh, to them being given the drugs uh, that help them pass. Oh my god. They don't suffer from the damaging effects of the foods um, if they're being euthanized minutes after. Uh, I like to give them a taste of something they would never get to try otherwise. Of course, I would never do this unless the pet was already en route to the room where the procedure would take place. Oh, wow. I, I have mixed feelings about that. But I understand the, the meaning behind what that person is doing, you know. Um, number five. I don't know if this is a total secret, but a lot of the talking points about how expensive lawyers are or how the plaintiff lawyers get... Uh, unreasonably high payouts uh, for doing little work is driven by corporations trying to discourage people from suing them. Hmm. Um, for example, most plaintiff lawyers are working entirely on a uh, con contingency basis, meaning that they w that they all advance all costs with the risk of no reimbursement and don't see a dime unless they win. Oh wow, that sucks. And almost all will give you the free consultation, but by spreading the false narrative of it's gonna cost you to even talk to a lawyer about that, big companies discourage you from even consulting one and finding out the truth. Um, similarly, the narrative of plaintiff's lawyers uh, getting unreasonably high fees for cases is also uh, designed to misrepresent the truth. Uh, for example, you hear big hear a big company say this is this class action got two fifty for each person, but the attorney got two hundred and fifty k. Okay, for something, but. The only reason the attorneys got all the money is because the company went balls to the wall, uh, litigating over 250, racking up attorney fees on both sides. And when they could have short-circuited the whole thing from the outset by saying, uh, 
you got us, here's your money. And paid next to nothing in attorney's fees. Plus 250 uh, come, or 250 times a million people is a lot of money, meaning that the fees were justified by the total amount recovered. And that the case was not so significant to begin with, but by controlling the narrative, companies make it seem like it's unreasonable to be mad um, that they stole millions from customers. And that's it's even more unreasonable for someone whose job is to take on all the risk and then get paid based on the percentage of what their results are. Sure, there are windfall cases, but usually um, those cases are needed just to offset the 10 other cases uh, where you took a haircut on fees. What? Um... It's like putting $100 on a slot machine, losing 10 times, and hitting the one jackpot on your last turn to make back $100, and then um, having the casino say he got 100 for a single game of slots. This is ridiculous. Um, until you're forced into, or until you're forced to give back $90 of what you own, how likely are you going to? Uh, to be to play that again. Someone's screaming outside. We have some weird neighbors. Like, the apartment complex next to us will always have drama. Like, we'll hear it at like two in the morning. Like, open the darn door! Or someone screaming, help! Like, and there's no one outside, hardly anybody outside, and there's just someone having a nervous breakdown in the parking lot, and we're like, where is it coming from? But anyway, there's a lot more... (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) There's a lot more uh, to this, but the TLDR is that uh, companies are projecting when they paint lawyers as greedy, and do so in order to minimize the chance that they get called out on their bullcrap. Number six. Have you ever started filing or filling out a form for a quote on something, insurance website, or literally anything, and then changed your mind and said, nah, I don't want to give them my personal information, and then abandoned the form before pressing it? Submit? If you think that stopped them from getting your personal information, it didn't. Most companies looking to capture leads will capture uh, your info on or in real time as you enter it into a form. The submit button is just there to move you to the next step, not to actually send your information to the company. Oh wow. Number seven. Never drink straight from the can or bottle. Workers climb on the stacks, rats run over them and or in the warehouse, and they sit in stagnant water until leaking under leaking roofs. That's gross. So like uh like the cans of pop and the bottles of pop. They just walk. That's nasty. 
Um, number eight, sometimes we lick artifacts to quickly determine if they are bone or pottery. Ew! Bone sticks, pottery doesn't. And then tap them with our teeth to determine if they are pottery or rock. Rock will hurt, pottery won't. Archaeology. Jesus. I can't let... Growth. (laughs) But do what you do. Number nine. I ended up quitting a career because people, um, all genders and ages, kept trying to solicitate me for prostitution. Young male massage therapist. Oh. Um. Yeah. Uh. I hope. Um. Listen, massage therapists have it bad too sometimes, especially like if in your in your. I, why can't I speak? Especially if in. Am I okay? <laughs> especially if you're in New York, New York has massage therapy parlors in little Vietnam. Um, just um, before you hit Broadway, um, and some of these. Massage parlors are actually human trafficking businesses. So, um, be careful out there, guys. Um, besides that, um, there are some perverts out there that just kind of want to have a happy ending at the end of their massage session. And it's the grossest thing. I mean, if you want to masturbate, go home, you know? Nobody nobody wants to do it for you unless they're just as gross as you are, but you know. <sighs> anyway. Number 10. Uh, the moment of good food uh, that is thrown away is pretty sickening. I'm sorry, the amount of good... The amount of good food that is thrown away is pretty sickening. Yeah, we're probably um, the main country that wastes their food. Anyway, number 11, not currently my profession, but ghost writers in fiction. Um, John Grisham, Danielle Steele, James Patterson, Janet Evan, Evan Yelp, uh, I don't know, Evan Ovik, Evan Ovik, Janet Evan Ovik, um, all those big names, and NYT bestseller every year use ghost writers who are Never credited or mentioned. It's barely even a secret. Wow. Number 12. Sometimes we learn something the day before we teach it to you. Oh, as teachers. Wow. Wow. So, I mean, that's kind of cool. You guys are learning with the students, but still kind of weird. Uh, 13. When your city asks you to conserve water because there is a drought... What they don't tell you is that um, the maximum amount of consumers could reduce their use by its by is dwarfed by the amount of water leaking out of cold and poorly maintained infrastructure. Number 14. There is a problem in substance abuse treatment in the United States called body bro- brokering. Substance abuse treatment can be very expensive, and insurance companies pay a lot of money uh, for a patient to be there. Um, Treatment centers will hire body brokers to find 
addicts with the best, highest paying insurance to entice them to check in to the specific center, the, uh, the treatment center then gives the broker a commission from the insurance money. This can also be, this can also go as far as body brokers literally pulling or putting more drugs into the hands of some addicts before they come in because the higher level of drugs in your system upon admission, um, the more and longer the insurance company will pay to the treatment center. Brokers will also hire the addicts in a pyramid scheme type way to check into their treatment center, make friends with their other patients, and upon discharge, encourage relapse so they can come back to treatment. There is a special place in hell for you body brokers. You're basically just human slash drug trafficking people. You're assholes. I'm not even sorry for saying that. <sighs> Number 15. A lot of unethical shipping companies even today dump a lot of garbage, oily sludge, waste, and contaminated water and oil out when sailing in international waters far away from the shore. There are only a few handful players today who are actually exuding or executing business uh, trades while still keeping the carbon footprint and, and environment as one of the core policies. I am glad to be working with one of them. Jockeys, but not all obviously, but in general, um, are encouraged to be bulimic. This is number 16. Um, it's normalized to the point where the, there are often extra bathrooms to set up just for puking in. Uh, with toilets that are specially designed for the amount of vomit they take in. And no one gives a single crap because of the competition and the lengths you have to go to, to succeed. Trainers will literally explain to you how to do it and how to do it properly. They call it wasting, not purging, but it's basically forced bulimia and it's incredibly effed up. I feel like I've learned that before, but yeah, that is messed up. And I think that's the end of the- oh, whoa, there's so many left. Um, you know the people who write instruction manuals or user guides in things you buy? Half the time they're never even seen or touched, or they've never even seen or touched the product. Some dude just sends us pictures, a rough description on how it's supposed to work, and that's that. Oh wow. Number 18. Anesthesiologists here. Uh, the inhaled anesthetics or gas we use to keep you unconscious during surgery are a mystery to us. What the frick? We don't know how they work. There are theories, but we just know that it keeps you asleep.
reading the comment below. So you don't know if there's gonna be any brain damage after we wake up from the anesthesia or anything like that? Heck no. Oh my god. Number 19. As a kitchen hand... Ooh. Excuse me. Um, I'd often have to refresh the squid and mussels in a fine dining restaurant. Um, that basically meant go through all the old smelly seafood, clean it in salt water, and keep on selling it. I don't order seafood in restaurants. Oh my god. That makes me so mad. I love seafood. I don't eat squid or mussels, though. Um, I can't. I can't. I can't get with uh, anything with tentacles. I'm sorry. I've tried calamari once. It tasted like a booger. I'm never eating it again. Um, 20. Young kids talk to their teachers, coaches, and counselors, principals about their parents a lot. The kids pick up on all the dirty little secrets. Hmm. Okay. 21. The real reason uh, programmers have so many screens is because one of them um, almost always has Google pulled up on it. No one knows uh, what they are doing 100% of the time. It's typically always, hmm, this should work, or hmm, hope this works. <laughs> Jesus. Number 22. Um, I work at a county jail in the Midwest. Most disturbing thing about jail is the terrible loop some inmates get stuck in. Many inmates with mental issues get caught in this loop where they can't have any clothes or items because they will try to kill themselves and they are locked in their cell for 23 hours a day. Um, this makes them more angry, so when they are finally let out, they lash out uh, at staff and then are locked down again. Um, it is a vicious cycle for a lot of inmates and it makes a lot of mental illness a whole lot worse. Uh, staff can't do anything, though, because if they allow the inmate with mental illness to socialize, uh, then they risk a lawsuit from those around them. Um, because of the individual's history of violent outbursts, the majority of hospitals won't take them because they won't risk their staff. So they are just stuck in a room and their only hope is consistent medication and stabilizing them. Finland, now I understand why you give your prisoners fluffy towels and uh, give them a lot of socializing time because you don't want mental illness to, to be constant in, in prisoners' lives. Um, I like... I like Finland's um, way of uh, doing things. I I don't know. I know I was ashamed of uh, Finland for a while because of them um, not doing business with Israel because of uh, the businesses being uh, Jewish owned or Hebrew owned. Listen, I'm still upset about that, Finland, but there are a lot of qualities to you that I really like. So, just understand that I'm still disappointed in that one situation, and I hope that does change. But, um, as far as prisons go, you're doing pretty good. 
Um, number three, there is no reason to be embarrassed about your body, specifically your sex organs in front of your doctor, nurse, etc. We have seen so many genitals and naked bodies, yours does not even phase us. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, 24. The acceptance of illegally harvested or other harvested exotic lumber in the musical instrument industry. I didn't know that instruments... I didn't know there was a type of illegal wood that you had to make... That makes no sense. How is wood illegal to buy for making instruments? That makes no sense to me. How is wood threatening? But, um, I don't know. I, I don't know at all. That one's interesting. Uh, number 25. Hang on. This is heartbreaking as a musician. Glad they make cellos from spruce and maple. <laughs> so it does actually matter what wood uh, is um, used for exotic instruments like cellos or violins. I never understood that. Wow. Okay. Um... Okay, number 25. Teachers are often made to cap grade failures at 20% or lower. The students that did not demonstrate enough knowledge for credit to pass are still moved along um, to the next grade. This results in uh, having ninth graders in my English, English class um, who read below grade level, sometimes um, as stunted as on a second grade or third grade level. Um, these students are constantly frustrated and can become behavior or can, um, that doesn't make any sense, but can become behavior issues. Basically they develop behavior issues because of the frustration that they have. I've experienced that before. I wasn't the smartest kid in class. Um, me and a few of my friends actually were in intervention classes, you know, just extra help and stuff like that. So I'm not ashamed of it today just because I know that I'm smart in a different way now. Um, but yeah, it, it's kind of hard for some kids. Um, I feel like a lot of people in, um, you know, a lot of kids in school, they're grouped into one type of intelligence and teachers teach in one type of way. And um, to be honest, uh, I kind of like intervention classes or extra help, whether you call it special ed or whatever, um, because those teachers actually care about how you learn and how smart you are. They care about how you learn because there's so many kids out there that learn in different ways that they do fall through the cracks and regular teachers don't necessarily know how to deal with that so sometimes they do pass them on to the next grade but they're still falling behind academically so um when it comes to like um intervention specialists i had one um i love him so much he's gone now um he died 
but I still love him to this day because he's helped me so much and um, I'll always be thankful for that. I'll always be thankful for his help, but um, you can tell I'm passionate about that because I've been one of those people, I've been one of those students that have been frustrated and you know, been depressed over my own grades and it was like, oh, I'm never going to graduate, but I did it, you know, and I, you know, nowadays I feel like a lot of kids are, um, in this day and age are now just having online classes, which some kids do respond well to, but some kids don't. It, it's still the same way, whether it's online or in person. Some kids are going to fall through the cracks because there's so many kids that learn in so many different ways that a lot of regular teachers can't keep up with that. And it's saddening, but it's true. Um, it's also heartbreaking to identify and feel helpless in catching the student up uh, due to current demands from administrators and school leaders. I don't know how long this uh, article is, but we're just going to keep blowing through until it's done. It's probably going to be like a three-hour podcast. I apologize. I am fairly high-ranking uh, executive at a very large Japanese firm, and literally everything important is decided while writing, dining, and some things worse than that in the company or on the company dime. Uh, meetings are uh, perfunctionary and usually conclude with. We agree to research and consider this important issue more carefully moving forward. Um, the actual deal happens at 2 a.m. in a hostess club. Oh, wow. Number 27. I work uh, for the state government here. Basically, I honestly don't work except for maybe 30 minutes a day. Wow. Uh, number 28. Pretty much all the high-end handmade in Australia jewelry in Australia is made from a secret factory in Bali. All the clients have to show an established business and sign confidentiality agreements. Number 29. University professor. We don't actually read your entire answer. Most of us don't. Oh my god. You jerk. Anyway... <laughs> It's okay. Some of y'all are stressed. Anyway, 30. Um, this doesn't, this isn't dark or really a secret, but really funny, and nobody else would know this. For playing a trombone, we sometimes have to pull our buttocks together <laughs> so we can reach the high note. Oh, okay. That's funny. Okay, here's my secret. I don't know if I've told you guys this before, but I used to work at Taco Bell in my city. And the first time they put me on the fryer, okay, they said, you need to do the, the cinnamon twists. So the cinnamon twists are kind of like those little crunchy things and they're, they're covered in cinnamon sugar and they're delicious, right? You know what they actually look like? Uh before I put them in the fryer. My friend, they are deep-fried spiral pasta noodles. 
You're eating pasta, deep fried pasta. So yeah, there you go. There's my deep dark secret. I hope I don't get sued. <laughs> Okay, this next one is for all of you fire-breathing babies out there, okay? Um, meaning people who suffer from acid reflux and heartburn, just like me. So, uh, not feeling the burn. This is from the Harvard Gazette, so this is from harvard.edu, so let's see. Diet and lifestyle guidelines that can greatly reduce gastroesophageal reflux disease symptoms. Findings from the Nurses Health Study, one of the longest-running studies of women's health, uh, show that five diet and lifestyle factors, including regular exercise, can make significant impact on gastroesophageal reflux or GERD or heartburn symptoms. GERD is a common condition affecting about a third of its U.S. population. The main symptoms um, is heartburn, and it is often managed with medications. This new study suggests, however, that following diet and lifestyle guidelines may reduce um, symptoms substantially and could make medication unnecessary for some patients. It was uh, published as a letter in JAMA International Medicine. Um, let's see, the five factors include normal weight, uh, never smoking, moderate to vigorous physical activity uh, for at least 30 minutes daily, um, restricting coffee, tea, and sodas uh, to two cups daily, um, and a prudent diet. Uh, this study provides evidence that common and debilitating gastrointestinal symptoms um, could be well controlled in many cases with diet and lifestyle um, modifications alone, said Andrew T. Chan, uh, the study's senior author. Given that there are long-term health effects of GERD and lingering concerns of the side effects of medications used to treat it, meaning um, Prilosec in general can cause cancer, um, that's not from the article, that's from my own knowledge. Uh, lifestyle uh, should be considered the best option for controlling symptoms. Chan is a gastro... Uh, wow, gastroenterologist? Uh, chief of the clinical and uh, translational epidemic... Oh my god. Epidemiology unit at Massachusetts General Hospital. Uh, the professor of medicine at Harvard uh, Medical School, uh, the lead author of the research letter, uh, is Raj S. Uh, Mehta, gastroenterology uh, fellow at uh, MGH and HMS. Oh my goodness, that was a mouthful. Okay, the nurses' health study. Uh, two is a nationwide study established in eight, 1989 whose uh, participants return a detailed health questionnaire twice a year. It began with 116, 671 participants, 116,671 participants that has uh, had follow-up uh, that that has had follow-up. Okay, that exceeds 90%. 
Um, this study included data from the from almost 43,000 women at aged 42 to 62 who were questioned about GERD or heartburn symptoms from 2005 to 2017, which represents approximately not 30. 390,000 person years. Okay. Um, the researchers created a statistical model that allowed them to calculate the population um, attributable. <laughs> Y'all people from Harvard, man, you use big words. Attributable risk for GERD symptoms associated with each of the five anti-reflex lifestyle factors. In other words, they estimated how likely it was uh, that each lifestyle factor lowered the risk of experiencing symptoms. Uh, They found that following all the guidelines uh, could reduce GERD symptoms overall by 37%. Uh, The more of the specific guidelines a woman followed, the lower the risk of symptoms among women using common heartburn treatments, proton pump inhibitors, and H2 receptor uh, antagonists, antagonists, um, adhering to the guidelines also reduce symptoms. We are particularly interested in the effectiveness of uh, physical activity, said Chan. This is one of the first studies that uh, demonstrated the effectiveness um, in controlling GERD. Um, this effect, uh, he suggests, uh, could be due in part to exercise effect, to exercise's effect on the morality of the digestive tract. Okay. Being physically active may help with the clearance of the stomach acid, which heartburn symptoms, which causes heartburn symptoms. Yes, um, Exercise does help a lot. Um, I remember um, clearly back in, you know, when I was 24, I'm 32 now, but when I was 24, I lost a ton of weight just by exercising. I got into it. I I made myself lose 37 pounds and um, it was basically an addiction to, uh, (laughs) I don't want to say I was addicted, but it gave me a high to just exercise in my own home. And uh, for the longest time, I don't think I had a lot of symptoms when it came to my heartburn or my acid reflux. In addition to HMS and MGH, the study is uh, included, has included researchers from the Channing Laboratory of Brigham and Women's Hospital, Harvard TH Chan uh, School of Public Health, along with Brigham and Women's Hospital, the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute, uh, Boston's Children's Hospital, and Beth Israel uh, Deaconess Medical Center. The study was uh, supported in part by the National Institutes of Health. And that's it? Okay. I thought there were more than that. Um, So basically, you just gotta exercise. All right, fire-breathing babies, let's work out. (laughs) I will say the things that really do help me when it comes to um, 
acid reflux and stuff like that, if I don't have time to exercise or anything like that, um, I'll put lemon in my water. Um, it's one thing that helps, especially when it's really bad. Um, I'll just drink some lemon water. Cucumber water helps as well because it's uh, mostly water, of course, but it does help neutralize that acid in your stomach. Um, another one is ginger chews. Uh, there's one from, I've, I've gotten it from TJ Maxx. That's the only place I know that sells it at the moment. It's called Chimes, C-H-I-M-E-S. And it's a candy and it comes in a few different flavors, mint, peanut butter, um, wait, mint, peanut butter, regular ginger, and mango. And I'm sure that they have more than that, but, um, and they're ginger chews, like they're just like little chews and you, um, eat them. And yes, they're a little spicy, but this ginger spice is actually going to eat the acid in your stomach. It's going to help you calm uh, that acid down in your stomach. Another thing is uh, sleep upright whenever you sleep. Um, make sure that you are um, sitting up a little bit, uh, like your torso, and from like your head to your hips uh, when you sleep. You're sleeping on an incline, basically, from your head to your hips. Um, another is apple cider vinegar. I wouldn't do this every day just because it's apple cider vinegar and it, it's very powerful stuff. You can put it in your tea, you can put it in your water, you can put it in anything that you drink. Um, the one thing that I would say is uh, if you're starting to use apple cider vinegar, just fill the cap up first and then put it in your tea or your water. I usually put it in my tea, or not my tea. I usually put it in my, uh, like a bottle of water and whenever I need it, I, you know, I put it in the freezer first and then I'll let it kind of melt. This is just my way of doing it. You don't have to necessarily freeze it, but I'll take it out of the freezer. I'll let it thaw and then I'll start, you know, sipping on it throughout the day because there's only a little bit of that apple cider vinegar in your drink. Uh, and that eats away a lot of the stomach acid as well. Pineapple works as well because it has enzymes. <laughs> and I can't speak. It has enzymes that um, eat away at the stomach acid. Um, there is a smoothie out there uh, that you can drink every day if you have this stuff on hand. Um, one banana, a few, uh, slices of, um, pineapple, uh, along with pineapple juice and some, um, what else was, what was the other one? Greek yogurt, uh, put that in a smoothie or blend that all up and drink that every day. That really helps, uh, suppress all that stomach acid. Another thing that I do feel helps a lot is also fasting. Um, most of the time, whenever I um, wake up in the morning, I don't eat breakfast. I don't eat like um, anything throughout the day um, until maybe two uh, in the evening. And um, that usually kind of helps curb my appetite and also any cravings that for foods that, you know, may be, you know, 
acidic. So there's some other tips as well. There's a whole lot of different things that I could tell you. Um, but these are the things that help me. Um, you know, yeah, if all else fails, fasting for most of the day really does help. Um, I would talk to your doctor first because, uh, some people who kind of have like maybe hormonal problems or thyroid issues might not be able to fast. Um, so make sure you check with your doctor first. Uh, most of the time the doctor will always prescribe you a pill, don't take the pill because it's just going to make you more dependent on the pill. Um, but then again, if you really want to wean yourself off of these uh, um, medications such as like Prilosec or Prevacid or anything uh, that has to deal with um, you know, medication for the stomach acid, you can always talk to your doctor and be like, um, listen, I want to be weaned off of this. Is there a way that we can do it? Because um, I feel like one of the main reasons why people are prescribed medicine is because they refuse to change their lifestyle. And when it comes to um, acid reflux or GERD or anything like that, um, heartburn, it your body is demanding you to change your lifestyle. Um, along with a whole lot of other sicknesses such as diabetes and everything else. You need to change your lifestyle for your body to survive. If you don't, especially when it comes to heartburn, um, you know, acid reflux and GERD, those, that's a very dangerous thing to play with, with your body, because if you don't, um, curb your appetite or your diet um, from eating tomato-based products or processed foods, um, things that are generally normally acidic, the acid will stick in the pockets of your intestines or pockets in the body and that forms cancer. And that's something that you do not want to have to deal with. No one deserves to go through that. So I urge you guys who are fire-breathing babies, okay? That's just my way of saying you've been, you know, dealing with this most of your life. Talk to your doctor. Talk to them about some lifestyle changes if you don't want to take medication. Medication is just a band-aid for the boo-boo. It doesn't help. It doesn't do anything. It'll help for maybe one day, but every day after that, you're going to keep on having to take that and you don't need to be dependent on it when all you have to do is make some simple lifestyle changes. Okay, here comes this new article. Kind of goes with what I was talking about earlier. Seven best food pairings that fight inflammation in 2019. Uh, we all get by with a little help from our friends, and the food we eat is no different. When we pair certain ingredients, their uh, nutrients join forces to produce inflammation-fighting health benefits that seriously surpass what you'd get if you snacked on them alone. According to Eat for Extraordinary Health and Healing, check out a few of their favorite power food power pairs below and learn why two is always better than one so number one is leafy greens and olive oil so let me tell you something i went to cosmetology school back in 2016 
and uh, we had to learn how to tone out certain colors after you bleach hair. So usually when something is inflamed, it turns red and sometimes itchy. It just depends. Like if I have eczema, which I do, <laughs> um, and it's inflamed, it turns red and it gets itchy. So um, it's kind of interesting how God makes color and how God uses color in order to teach us how to be healthy. So the reason why I'm talking about cosmetology uh, for a minute is because when, let's say you're bleaching someone's hair and it's a certain level and that hair after it's uh, bleached turns red. The client doesn't want red, they want white blonde. So. You have to go back to the color bar and say, listen, uh, I need some green toner for her red hair so we can neutralize that color and get her up to a level 10. Because red or green cancels out red. So when I say that God uses color in order to teach us how to be healthy, same thing goes with food. You're red and itchy. Your airways are red and inflamed and swollen. You need to eat something green to cancel out that red inflammation. That's my point. Um, who says fat is the enemy? Uh, research shows that combining vegetables and a source of healthy fat enhances absorption of antioxidants like... Lit, lit. Damn it. Sorry. I clicked on a link on accident. Uh, combining vegetables and a source of healthy fat enhances absorption of antioxidants like lutein and beta carotene lutein. Uh, an antioxidant of leaf in leafy greens in is known to diminish inflammation in the eyes, therefore helping to prevent neurodegenerative disorders like age-related macular degeneration. Beta Carotene, another antioxidant, has been shown to lower all over inflammation in older adults. Drizzle some olive oil over your next salad to ensure you get more bang for your buck. I like that. Spinach and blueberries. See, I love spinach. I'll put that in anything. Spinach is my favorite leafy green. So, um, my husband doesn't really eat anything green except for salad. But, um, I love green food. Um, I love peas, I love green beans, I love, um, spinach. That's the only leafy green that I'll eat is spinach. When it comes to salad, I gag just because I haven't really been raised on it. My family ate it, but I never ate it. Um, I guess I was just spoiled. I just, I, I can eat it, but it takes me a while to eat it. Um, cause I just don't like the texture. The texture really bothers me. But, um, blueberries is something that I used to eat alone. Um, I don't know why I don't anymore. Um, but it takes me a while to kind of eat a blueberry on its own. Cause... See, I can eat strawberries on my own, but, you know, things like, um, blueberries or salad, they have texture that I just can't really get past. 
but whip up a smoothie with spinach and blueberries and drink it before and after your workout. In one study, I can do smoothies, shoot. Um, in one study, athletes who ate blueberries every day for six weeks reduced post-workout inflammation. Uh, while other research shows spinach can improve breathing and flow of oxygen during a workout. Interesting. The nitrate present in spinach helps muscles work more efficiently during exercise, while blueberries help decrease muscle soreness after exercise. Bring on the smoothie. Yes. Lentils and lemon. Hmm, that's interesting. Um, if you are a premenopausal woman, you're at risk for iron deficiency anemia. Um, having too few healthy red blood cells due to little iron in the body. According to Iron Disorders Institute, the reaction results of an inflammat of an inflammatory response and it can limit the amount of iron available to the rest of the body. Eating iron-rich foods uh, such as lentils and beans uh, together with citrusy foods high in uh, ascorbic acid and carotenoids um, like lemon uh, substantially increases the amount of iron absorbed. Yeah, so um, uh, I've been told, you know, if I need to take my iron, I will have to drink orange juice with it because vitamin C and iron work together very easily. And um, it helps kind of like pump blood through the body even faster. Uh, sweet potatoes and cayenne pepper. Interesting. Spicy sweet potato fries can do more than satisfy a craving. Sprinkling some cayenne pepper or chili powder on orange foods such as uh, beta carotene, uh, like sweet potatoes and butternut squash, enhances vitamin A absorption. Uh, vitamin A. Uh, has been found to be beneficial in inflammatory skin conditions such as acne, as well as uh, bronchial, no, bronchopulmonary dysplasia. We give this a combo an A+. Awesome. Raspberries and grapes. See, I can do that. I like raspberries. Um, satisfying your sweet tooth could help you beat inflammation. Raspberries and grapes are both high in antioxidants and science shows that when it comes to antioxidants you are or two are better than one. Um, raspberries contain uh, elegic acid which is known to enhance the ability of quercet quercetin <laughs> found in grapes. Uh, when combined they are uh, inflammation fighting machines. Studies say uh, this in this combination can also reduce the risk of cardiovascular disease, osteoporosis, and lung cancer. Almonds and kefir. So kefir, I feel like, is a type of yogurt, if I'm not um, mistaken. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Okay. Um, add some chopped almonds to a bowl of kefir uh, for a happy, healthy gut. Uh, like yogurt, its dairy product provides tons of beneficial uh, bacteria and probiotics to the belly. To boost the friendly 
stomach bacteria. Eat almonds with your kefir. Um, research shows that fiber and almond uh, skin acts as a prebiotic, which feed the probiotics and found in kefir um, and creates protective intestinal bacteria that fights off chronic intestinal inflammation and diseases like Crohn's disease, ulcerative colitis, and chronic pochitis, um, garlic, onion, and brown rice. Okay. Garlic and onion may give you a bad breath, but they are great. They are a great addition to whole grains, uh, such as brown rice and wheat pasta. Um, together, they can uh, more than triple the body's absorption of zinc. In one study, elderly people who took zinc uh, supplements decreased the risk of chronic inflammation related to diseases. Uh, think uh, atherosclerosis, cancer. Uh, neurodegeneration and immunologic disorders by 66%. We say the bad breath is worth it. Yeah. I say the bad breath is worth it too, my friends. We gonna go back? Okay, cool. Alright, I gotta get the laundry out from downstairs. I'll be right back. I think we're gonna do another article just because I had a lot of fun reading these. So, yeah. Give me a minute. Alright, you know what? I've skipped out on world news twice, so let's just skip out on the politics. I don't want to, uh, you know, depress you all. Okay. Um, so, <clears throat> that's it for today. Thank you all for listening, and I'll see you in the trenches next time.